Can the church say praise the Lord? It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Let's make our webcast audience feel welcome to church in the balcony. We do want to remind everyone that the Christmas program is this Sunday, and that is December the 10th, 6 p.m., so uh, come on out and let's support the Christmas program. Invite some people to come and be a part of that night. Also, Archer Park, the kids will be going there. The van will be leaving around 5.30 or 6, uh, somewhere in that area. I think uh, 5.30 didn't work, and they had to change it to a different uh, time frame. But get with uh, Brother Caleb and all of them and make sure you know when the van's leaving. And they will be going to Archer Park to see the lights. And that will be Friday, December the 15th. Also, uh, there are uh, on the back podium some permission slips. And, of course, if anybody's under 18, they have to have a permission slip to get on the van. Or, boy, everybody done forgot what happens. They don't get on the van. That's, that's our our rule, we used to say that all the time when we had a lot of kids riding, and uh, the kids knew that, but uh, if they don't have a permission slip or their parent's not with them, if the parent's with them, that's a whole different story. But a Christmas party at the community center is going to be December the 21st, 6 to 8 p.m., and there's waivers on the back podium of the church. Parents with children 18 and younger must fill out. I don't care if the parents go with you. You've got to fill that waiver out or they won't let you on all the stuff. And I'd hate to be the kid sitting there saying, my parents didn't fill one out for me and uh, watch everybody else climb the rock walls and all those things. So make sure, parents, you do that for your kids and they will appreciate it. And then our New Year's Eve celebration is going to be Sunday, December 31st, 9 p.m. to after midnight. And in the back uh, of the sanctuary, we have some bags, uh, little bags of, of treats and fruit and just some stuff that was uh, donated to the church by the, uh, by the Christian Center. And uh, we want to, uh, I think it's Christian Center donated. I started to say I'm not sure if it's that or, or the helping hands, but it was the Christian Center, and they want all the kids to have a bag. So pick one up, and, and parents, you can pick one up too, uh, and uh, that way you can have something on your way out, just kind of a little special something uh, to uh, enjoy. Uh, thanks to the Community Center. Let's give the Community Center a great hand. I know that uh, our youth are looking forward to going there in, uh, on the 21st, so uh, let's continue to remember uh, all of the things that it, we're blessed. We're just a blessed little town. Amen. Uh, we, we might have to write a song just like was written about Bethlehem, old little town of Bethlehem. We might have to write a song about old little town of Phelps. <laughs> Let's remember some prayer requests. Um, sister Joy, her sister, passed away, Charlotte Bainzettel. Uh, that's the last of her, uh, you know, uh, full family. Uh, I guess you could say 100% family. She has some half, uh, half brothers and sisters that uh, she still has. But uh, this is the last of her uh, family. And uh, we want to remember Sister Joy because she is the only one left in that family, and uh, Sister Joy's been blessed 
to be in this church and to have her health and uh, to get around as good as she does. The Lord's been good to her. Amen. And we want to pray that the Lord will just comfort her during this time of loss. Let's still remember Shane Hurley in prayer. This is Brother Petey's brother. And also my oldest brother. I'll be going and having prayer with him uh, tomorrow. And that's in Lexington. He's still in the hospital. Uh, uh, it's uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And it's, uh, I think, the B type. And they will be um, going and doing some chemo uh, starting tomorrow, I think. Uh, he had fluid around his heart. He had fluid on his lungs. Um, and uh, it's third stage. So uh, we know the Lord is able. I called him today and I prayed with him, or he called me actually, and I prayed with him. And uh, I know he felt the Lord. And uh, I, I believe God's going to do something great in his life. Amen. Amen. So uh, pray for me as I go and travel tomorrow. Also, let's remember uh, Sister Shauna's sister, Shannon, in prayer. Uh, she's still in the hospital. And uh, if you get a chance to go pray with her, uh, some of the men do that. Uh, some of the women also, if you want to go and pray uh, with Shannon, please do that. And uh, I know that uh, it will be a blessing to Sister Shauna. Also, Scotty Belcher, Levi McCoy, Barbara Dove. This is uh, Brother Jim's sister. Uh, let's still remember Sister Pam. She's here, uh, but she's been under the weather and not feeling well. And uh, we just want the Lord to continue to touch and heal her. Uh, there's, there's a long week ahead, and I know that she don't feel exactly 100%. So let's pray the Lord touches her. Uh, let's remember Irvin Justice in prayer. Uh, they started coming back here just a, a little while back and uh, then kind of just uh, uh, didn't show up anymore. But he has some medical problems that he needs a miracle. So let's remember Irvin in prayer. And also we have a pastor in the Kentucky district. His name is Daniel Long and he desperately needs a miracle. I mentioned all of these, and we all know people that need miracles in their life and need healing, uh, but most of all, they need salvation. And uh, so let's, uh, let's pray for those that are not serving the Lord that they will find that He is the best thing that's ever happened to them. Amen. And if you have a prayer request by the raising of your hand, the Lord sees that. He knows what that represents. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us in the middle of the week to come and worship you and praise you. Lord, we are truly blessed. You have blessed us from the time that we wake up in the morning till we lay our head down at night. You have been our help, our hope, our salvation. You have been the one that has led us through valleys and helped us to climb mountains. Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one one that raised their hand in the sanctuary. You know their needs and their situations. And Lord, I just pray that you will show your power. I pray that you would touch my brother, Lord, that when I go and lay hands on him tomorrow, that your power will touch him and he will be made whole and the doctors will be amazed at what you have done. Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way for Daniel Long. Lord, I pray 
that you would touch him and that you would give him healing in his body. Lord, I love you and I thank you, Lord. You're our healer. You're everything we need. And tonight we have come for one purpose and that is to honor you in song, to honor you in word, and to honor you in praise and worship. For it's all in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray. Amen, amen. Let's put our hands together as Brother Dwayne comes at this time. Let's give that praise to the Lord. Amen. He's worthy. He woke you up this morning. He's worthy. Amen. Everybody looks awakened. Amen. Not woke, but awakened. Amen. Go to the word of the Lord. Psalms chapter 47. How many like to read about David? Amen. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. Amen. I want this community, if they don't remember nothing about Brother Dwayne, that they say that that was a man after God's own heart. Amen. Psalms 47 and verse 1 says, Oh, clap your hands. Can y'all humor me? When I say that, will you clap your hands to the Lord? Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Not some of you, not the ones that feel like it, that ain't had a rough day. We've all had a rough day, but that's behind us. Clap your hands and shout unto God. How about giving him a shout? Amen. He's worthy with the voice of triumph. Amen. Not the voice that's been overcome, but the voice of victory. For the Lord Most High is terrible. Now, not terrible in a bad way, but he's a great God. Look at your neighbor and say, my God's a great God. My God's a mighty God. Amen. He is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us. God chooses your inheritance. He chooses who's in your life, amen. Hallelujah, and he chooses who's over your life. You're not here just, just for no reason. He chooses our inheritance for us. The excellency of Jacob, whom he loved, Salah. Just a couple more verses. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Listen to verse 6. Sing praises to God. I read this verse and it just said over and over, sing praises to God. Sing praises to God unto our King. And again, sing praises. Amen. For God is the King. Amen. I don't sing praises to this world. Sometimes my friends ask me, won't you sing this song or sing that song? I say, God, give me a voice. Before I got in church, Brother Dove, I didn't know how to sing. I'm still not a great singer, but when I sing choir, I sing to the Lord. I don't have a song for this world because God give it to me in my heart. Amen. How many is going to praise him with us? Let's sing praises unto the Lord. The darkness tries to roll over my bones. When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance when I'm Stand a 
Shame no longer has a place to hide. I am not a captive to the lies. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I
lot of people's trying to make it in this life without standing on Jesus. But I'll stand for Jesus and let the world go by. Amen. We want to ask our ushers to come. We're going to take up tonight's offering. Give us the Lord blesses you, and uh, they will lead us in song once again.
creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything and I will adore you. time of year, a lot of times it's the um, Christmas carols, just says, O come, let us adore him, O come, let us adore him. I believe that when you worship the Lord, worship is a form of adoration, you adore him. I'm glad that I adore him the Lord. Amen. There's nothing greater in my life, no one better in my life. Ain't nobody been as good as Jesus has been to me. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap if you believe that. I know sometimes you talk to people and they say, well, you know, um, this person's been good to me and uh they talk about maybe someone who's always been good to them. But I'm glad to declare that there ain't nobody done me like Jesus. And there can't nobody do me like Jesus. Well, there can't nobody do me like Jesus. Right? Right? Somebody give a praise unto the Lord if you believe that. Oh, there can't nobody do me like Jesus. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn with me. I want to go to 2 Timothy, and we're going to begin looking at verse number 3 in chapter 1. So uh, let's remember uh, these, and uh, we're going to ask the Lord to move in a mighty way and just give us uh, a, uh, a word tonight that's going to speak to our heart. I don't know about you, but I want the word to speak to me. I don't want to just come to church and say, well, that was a nice little lesson. I want to come to church and say, the Lord spoke to me tonight. Amen. And if you feel that way, I pray that you will dig in this word with us as we read in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And I want to um, just begin at verse I said verse number three, but let's go to verse number one because one and two is just as important as the rest of the chapter. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Everybody say blasphemers. Uh, disobedient to parents and unthankful. And unholy. Sounds like our day today. 
Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. What did the Bible say to do? Embrace these people? Hang out with these people, listen to these people, love these people, and let them just talk and speak into your life? No. From such, everybody says, from such, turn away. Turn away. All the people that are traitors and heady and high-minded and lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof, from such, turn away. That's powerful stuff right there. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and led captive, silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janes and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist truth. Notice what they resist. Not Paul, not, not Timothy, not uh, the disciples. They resist truth. I believe we're living in a world that's not resisting Cornerstone Apostolic Church. They're not resisting Pentecostal churches. They're not resisting those type of churches. They're resisting truth, right? Resisting truth. This is where we're at in our world. And they withstood Moses, and they resist truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further. For their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine and manner of life, purpose and faith and suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, Afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. I want us to be unified enough tonight to say, it don't matter what I find myself in, out of them all, the Lord's going to deliver me. Look at somebody and say, it's okay where you're at right now. It's okay what you're going through. It's okay. The devil thinks he's got the upper hand. But out of them all, oh, out of it all, the Lord is going to deliver you. I believe that. I want to speak that to us tonight. I just want to say, out of it all. Just look at somebody and say, out of it all. Out of it all. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you have given us, Lord, to study your word. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to understand how good you are, that you will deliver us out of every temptation, out of every valley, out of everything that we find ourselves in, that there will be nothing that can overtake us, nothing that will discourage us, nothing that will cause us to walk away or to follow after those 
those that have resisted the truth. But Lord, we will stand upon your word and we will lift our hands unto you and declare that you are our God and you will deliver us out of it all. And Lord, I'm going to give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. He's worthy. Hallelujah. And you may be seated. So good to have Sister Beatrice and, and Brother Tommy with us tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord with, with us here in East Kentucky. And uh, they're, they're East Kentuckians moved to Tennessee, but they come back every now and then just to let us know that they're still East Kentuckians. Amen. So we appreciate them being in the house of the Lord. I want to talk to us about out of it all. There are things that we read in this uh, chapter, in these verses that I have begun to talk to you about, that a world that is so wicked and so vile that they are resisting, and again, I want to point out, it's not resisting churches per se or people, but it's resisting truth. The truth of the Lord is what people hate because people that don't love the truth, then they're going to find themselves falling away. But if you have a love for the truth, then you're going to hang on to it. You're going to buy it and sell it not. You're going to believe that it's going to see you through this world into the next. You're going to raise up a family that believes in it. You're going to raise up people that are, are going to say that Jesus is my everything. He began to tell uh, Timothy some things because Timothy needed to know that in the last days, it's going to be dangerous times and not only is it dangerous times in, in uh, you know we just had a I think me and sister uh, Joy was just talking right before service about another shooting that happened uh, at a, I think it's in Pennsylvania and uh, it was at, a, at maybe a university and so we're living in a time of danger but I don't think that's really all uh, you know, the scope of danger that we are faced with in our world today. In fact, I think the danger that really is out there is the danger of not knowing truth, the danger of resisting truth. That is the danger. You can leave this world with a gunshot wound, but if you got truth, you're going to wake up in His presence. You can go through this world and have sickness and die, but if you're holding on to truth, you're going to wake up in glory land. Amen? Amen. But if you are holding on to what man today is holding on to and resisting the truth, it's getting harder to preach to people truth. It's not harder to preach. It's harder to get people to follow. It's hard to get people to agree that this is what the Bible says and this is what the Bible means. He told Timothy, he said, there's going to be some dangerous times, perilous times that are going to come. And here's the danger. Again, I don't think it's AK-47s. They can ban guns. They can take your guns. They can do this and all of that and change laws and all that. That's not going to stop the thief and the, and the people that want to kill somebody. 
You know, if you make so many laws that, that a, a normal person can't go out and buy a weapon, then only the criminals will have weapons. Only the criminals. Because the criminals are going to buy them off the street. They ain't going to walk into Walmart and fill out an application and buy an, uh, you know, a firearm. They're going to go to the street and look in the back of somebody's trunk and say, yeah, I'll give you 500 for that one. That's how it works. We find that not only is it going to be dangerous times, but here's the danger. Men quit loving Jesus, and they start loving themselves. I think it's very important that we understand that because when you quit loving Jesus... You have quit loving the only one that can deliver you and help you and give you strength in this hour that we're living in. But a lot of people have quit loving Jesus. I say this all the time. People say, well, I'm quitting church. You ain't quitting church. You're quitting Jesus. You're quitting serving Jesus. It's not got nothing to do with the building. I was talking to my wife earlier, and, and I was talking about how that when uh, you know they came out of the upper room, uh, they wasn't worried uh, about uh, buildings, and, and they wasn't worried about uh, programs, and they wasn't worried about trying to uh, set up something for their name. It wasn't going to be, uh, you know, oh, that's, that's the church that Paul pastors, so, you know, that big church that Paul pastors, and he's got several little home churches that he's pastoring. It's, it was nothing about that. But you know what it was about? It was about Jesus. They began to come out of the upper room and they said, we got to get people to be followers of Jesus. Now, you got to remember, you think it's hard to witness to people today. It ain't as hard today as it was back then because back then people were servants of the law. They had been raised up with nothing else but the law. The law of Moses. That's why so many times you read scriptures like, oh, we have Abraham to our father. You know, and Jesus looks at him and says, oh, before Abraham was, I am. You know, sometimes uh, you look around and, and you read a scripture and you begin to see that, that it, was a, it was a time when, when people was leaning on the law and they, they knew the law. Even that's, that's even the reason that Paul uh, began to persecute the church is because he didn't like someone trying to tell somebody they need to serve Jesus when he knew the law and he said there's only one God. Paul knew that. Oneness didn't start in Phelps, Kentucky. <laughs> Apostolic churches didn't start in some Appalachian culture. It started way back when you read Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I began to think about how important it is that uh, they were leaning upon the only thing they'd ever been taught. And that's why when they began to talk about people need to serve Jesus, they had a hard time with that. They struggled with that because they're thinking, no, i got to serve God. They didn't realize Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. Amen. They did not uh, comprehend that. But, you know, uh, when, when the disciples began to teach their Bible studies, a lot of times it may have been in a house. It may have been by the street. It may have been at a, at a uh, you know, a tabernacle. 
It may have been at a temple. It may have been somewhere like that that they would sit and begin to teach the word. But it was not the word of which the people had heard. In fact, it was so strange that we find that Philip, when he goes to the eunuch and the Lord took him out of the midst of revival and took him to one person. You see, we got to get back to, I want to get that one person serving Jesus. I know we all like to have revival, and we all like to have good church, and we all like to gather together and say, boy, didn't we have a good service. But we got to get back to say, I will leave that if I can witness to one. If I can win one person to Jesus, it'll be worth it all. So, you know, when, when he showed up, he began to ask him, do you understand what you're reading? And he simply said, how can I? I can't understand this unless some man explain it to me. And then he began to sit down with him and at that point began to teach and preach Jesus Christ to him. You see, that's all the disciples were told to do. Preach Jesus. Teach Jesus. Tell people about the Savior. Tell people about the one that they crucified, hung on the cross and crucified. And on, on that day that he gave up the ghost, they took him off the cross, put him in the tomb. But on the third day, he rose up victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He had victory, and that's why we sing victory in Jesus. I, I believe that as we've come tonight, we understand the perils of the day. It's not uh, worrying about if I go to Walmart, am I going to get shot? before I get back home. Uh, that's what people that are fearful for their life uh, worry about. But those that serve the Lord, what is our worry? Our worry is uh, that we can't reach enough people with Jesus' name uh, teaching. We can't reach enough people baptizing them in the wonderful name of Jesus. That's my fear is that I haven't done enough to get somebody to serve Jesus. I thought about this and I thought about how that the danger, the perilous times that was being talked about was men were not going to love the Lord. They were going to love themselves. The first mention of selfies. Right? They love themselves. Oh, can't nobody strike a pose. Man, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to start striking pose, poses like, like these young people do. These young people, when you say, okay, we're going to take a picture, you know what to do? Strike a pose. Right? I mean, most of us, if you go back in the, in the 20s and, and you see people taking pictures, they're like this right here. Nobody's smiling. Nobody's smiling. Nobody's happy. Everybody just stand there. You know, okay, get it over with. And, and, but today, you got to strike a pose because you, you got to let people know, you know, you, you, gotta, you got style, you got class, you strike that pose. And, and so I'm going to start striking some poses. <laughs> but the, the danger and the perilous times was not altogether with uh, the danger of the day uh, of, of murders and, and all of that. But he gave us some insight into the perilous times that's coming. It's men's going to be lovers of their own self. 
I see that in our world today. Facebook was, was uh, you know, first started as something good to keep up with friends, right? That, that's what it was all about. It was like if you had some friends across the nation, you could talk to them. If you had family, you know, you could talk to them. I do that still today. I keep up with friends and I keep up with family and I talk to them and send them a little text every now and then. But man has turned it into something self-centered. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. The Bible says they're going to be covetous. They're going to want everything. They're not going to be satisfied just serving Jesus. They have wants. I want a new car. I want a new home. I want some new friends. Some even say, I want a new mommy and a new daddy. I'm tired of the old ones. It's, it's perilous times. Without natural affection, they're, they're boasters, they're bragging, they're proud. And one of these words ought to scare all of us to death, blasphemers. Paul was a blasphemer, but he did it ignorantly. There's only one sin that you can't be forgiven of, and that's blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Now, everybody wants to know, give me a simple definition of what blaspheming is. What is blasphemy? So I know I won't do it. So I'll know not to do it. Blaspheming is calling something natural, spiritual, and calling something spiritual, natural. It's calling something good, evil, and calling something evil, good. That's the simple definition of blaspheming. That's why if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, you're saying there's nothing to it. And I've heard people say that. I've heard people say that. Uh, also, I've heard people say, oh, that's, that's of the devil. How many ever heard somebody say that about, about the Holy Ghost? If you ain't, praise God I have. Because you need to understand that when you start saying those things, you are going past the point of being saved. That's the perilous times we're living in. That's why I want to make sure I teach you as the people of God time and time again. Yeah, you're going to get tired of hearing it, but you're going to know it. You're going to know the truth, and you're going to buy the truth, and you're not going to sell it. Because the perilous times that we're in is exactly what we're reading in verse number 2. Disobedient to parents. Parents can't tell their kids nothing. They can't even tell them, get up and go to Sunday school. Nope, I stayed up all night, I'm sleeping in. Okay, I'll see you in about three hours. Woo, man. Sounds like Brother Doves had him a little belt instruction back in the day. <laughs> you can tell us that story next time. Just one. We only just get one. 
unthankful. Man, I've never seen a bunch of unthankful people in our world. Have you ever, and, and I know somebody's going to say, you got to get off this, you know, soapbox. Um, all these people that's trying to stand up for Palestine, the Palestinians, you know that every woman in that crowd would not be able to speak or hold a sign in their own country. But yet in America... What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we're such a blessed people. And we ought to be thankful that we live in America. I'm thankful that we don't have to worry about soldiers coming in and killing our babies. Families, grandmas, grandpas raping the women. It's terrible what Hamas has done. But you got people that are supporting that. And all of our institutions, higher learning, not, not, not uh, you know, Moorhead and EKU and UK, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, all these people that are these higher upper echelon that everybody looks to. That if you got a degree from there, you got a good chance of being president. If you got a degree from there, you got a good chance of being secretary of state or, or to be some other uh, big wheel in, in government. But when we see all of these crazy ideas, they're so unthankful to live in America. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for this church. Amen. I'm thankful that we don't have to sit under a brush arbor with no windows and try to stay warm and keep the mosquitoes from biting. I talked to Brother Moppin and he was talking about when he went to the Philippines and different places. He said, you're sitting in a building, but it's not even really a building. It's what we would call a picnic shelter. That's what they're sitting under. And then they have all these mosquitoes they're fighting and all of these other bugs biting and, and it's hot and it's humid and it's terrible. And you know what? We in America, we got air conditioning, we got heat, we got padded pews, we got the most comfortable atmosphere you can be in. We got truth. We got the word. We got each other. We got Jesus in the midst. And, and people are still unthankful. That's the danger, the peril of the day. People becoming unthankful. And look, look at the next word. In the last word in verse 2. They become unholy. Did you know that dressing separate now is a bad thing? Did you know that? Did you know that if you uh, ladies don't uh, trim your hair a little bit and cut your hair a little bit, then, then you, you just out of touch with reality. 
Don't you know that you men, if you can't show everything that you got and, and flex muscles and make women want to try to follow you and, and, and swoo at you, then, then you, just, you just ain't nothing. That's the unholy world we're living in. But the Bible is still true. Holiness is still God's way. Separation is still God's way. Modesty is still God's way. Modest. Modest. Women should look like women. We're living in a world where we understand it's not happening, right? Men want to look like women. Women want to look like men. It's, it's nothing to look. The danger of our day is not to be able to tell who or what gender a person is. That's a danger. Some of you single people might just get really embarrassed. You walk up to somebody. We used to watch Bugs Bunny. Anybody watch Bugs Bunny back in the day? Bugs Bunny dressed up like a woman all the time. And there was other cartoon characters that dressed up and, and they'd look at them and they'd go, you know. And then they'd turn around and, man, they could stop a freight train. I'm just saying, they was tender-eyed. <laughs> if you read your Bible, you know what that's about, don't you? <laughs> So, so, you know, that, that was something that people used to laugh and make fun of. Now, if you do it, you'll get sued. People's going to look at you and say that you're a bigot or you're, you're uh, somebody who is, uh, you know, anti this and anti that. We got to be holy. Women look like women. Dress like women. Walk like women. I never understood the song talking about walking like a man and it's walk like a man. I would have wrote that song, walk like a man, talk like a man. But I never understood that. Unholy. Without natural affection. They, 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 they love anything. Anything goes. Don't matter who you love. After all, you can love, you can love a frying pan. Some people said pansexual. I said, they said, you know what that is? I said, well, all I know is it's probably got something to do with pots and pans. You love anything. Anybody, anything. Don't matter if it's animal or animated. We're living in terrible times, perilous times. False accusers. People always telling lies on you. Always trying to get you in trouble. Oh, you don't want to go up to Cornerstone, man. They believe you've got to dress a certain way, act a certain way, can't go to certain places. Man, you better not go up there. And you'll get people that will come to an altar and start coming here and you'll get people in the community start pulling out. You can't go up there. They got some weird beliefs. I hate when people call the Bible weird. 
because that's our belief. Our belief is the Word of God. How many believes that tonight? Amen. Incontinent. Well, you know, we could, we could really start digging into some of these things and see how it relates to people today. And we see that we are in perilous times. How many believes that? We're in perilous times. Despisers of those that are good, they hate you. Didn't the Bible say that you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake? But I want everybody to love me. Be careful. Because when you get that mentality, you want everybody to love you, you're going to have to compromise. You're going to have to say, well, I, I, I'm going to have to let down on some things in the Word of God. Because people do not love truth. Right? Despisers of them that are good. This is pretty good teaching right here. I, I'm going to fan the flame a little bit. Because I want to see it burn. Somebody said, well, you come and you started a fire. And Jesus began to say, no, no, I, I didn't come. I'm going to fan it, though. And I'm going to make sure it keeps burning, you know. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Those four words are so important from the adults to the teens to the little children. Don't let this crazy world convince you to follow them. Teachers are going to teach your kids in school what gender they are. If they see a little, a little bit of a limp wrist, they're going to tell your child, that's a boy, you're a girl. And they're going to start pushing it. I know we live in Phelps, Kentucky. But if you think it's going to stay in Louisville, you're mistaken. If you think all that's going to happen is going to happen in Lexington, wake up. It's knocking on the door. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead. Notice what they do. They lead captive, silly women laden with sins. They lead people captive that can't see the sin. That's why you see a lot of non-denominational churches busting out the seams. Is because people are leading them. You don't have to change. They will look at you and say, you don't have to change. I could take off my suit and tie, put on a pair of blue jeans and sweatshirt and go to some places not far from here. And I'd fit right in. And then I could go out and stand on the steps and, 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 and get a, a drink or two of something or a pill or something or smoke something. And everybody say, see you next Sunday. Be sure to have your special song ready to sing. But you know what? We got to have not a form of godliness, but we got to have godliness. 
I don't want to deny the power. I want to embrace the power. The power of the Holy Ghost is what keeps me going. When I got the Holy Ghost back in 1981, guess what? It kept me going. Here it is, 2023, almost 2024, and I'm still going on with Jesus just the same. Well, I'm going on with Jesus just the same. Well, you may thoughts accuse me and scandalize my name, but I'm going on with Jesus just the same. You see, for of this sort, they have crept. Notice what they did. They creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust. They creep. There's a bunch of creeps. They creep into houses and whisper to you. You don't have to live holy. Wednesday night ain't important. Silly women. I don't say just silly women. I'm saying silly. You know, women is representative of churches, right? So we can look and say, yeah, there was some silly women back then. There's also some silly men. But there's also silly churches that are not standing in our day for the right. They're not standing for the things of God. But they're allowing people to be led away. They creep in and say, you don't have to do or obey this right here. How many knows that that's what Satan started with, Lucifer in heaven? He started telling all the angels, you're just worship me. You're just follow me. You don't have to do all that for God. You don't have, if you follow me, I'll, lay, I'll make it a little easier on you. You know what? One third of them believed. I don't believe he just went up to one third and got them. I believe he is talking to the whole angelic host. And a third of them said, okay. Sounds good, Lucifer. You see, sin always sounds good. But the wages of sin... Pleasures of sin. Sin's pleasurable. People say, oh, sin makes me sick. No, it don't. Sin lures. You are to read Proverbs. When, when a woman come out of her house and batted her eyes at a young man who was simple, which means he didn't have everything knowledgeable about how to be in the street. He wasn't streetwise. She bats her eyes at him and says, come on in. Come out of the street. Come on. And, and I've got my bed perfumed with oils. And oh, man, it smells so nice in here. And we're just going to make love till the morning sun rises. Young man, just so simple, unlearned, drawn in. This is what happens. This is what happens. This is why... Uh, this this G-rated Bible lesson. If you read your Bible, you know there's a lot of R-rated stuff in there. There's a lot of stuff in there that if you start sitting down and talking about it openly or in a mixed group, there'd be some red faces. There's some bad stuff that happened in these in in these scriptures. But I want you to know something. Here's what he said. They creep into houses, lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts. Ever learning, they're not dumb. 
They're always trying to learn more. But they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen? They are ever learning. They're not ignorant. They're not unlearned. They're not people that have no education. How many knows we probably live, and, and we're probably living in the last generation, and maybe that generation's almost gone, of people that can't read. Right? Most of us knew somebody, at least, uh, that couldn't read. But we're probably living in that last generation of that group because everybody learns to read. Everybody's educated. Everybody goes through school. They graduate. Some go on to college. They earn a degree. They're ever learning. I got to learn more. I got to know more. I'm going to Google it. <laughs> Man, I remember when you had to know stuff or you had to have a a set of world book encyclopedias or Encyclopedia Britannicus. And you'd sit down and do a book report and you had to know your ABCs of how to find it. If I wanted to find something about a castle, I didn't go to the last <laughs> world book or the last encyclopedia. I had to know it's going to be found in the C section. Well, I thought it was interesting that um, they're ever learning, and this is the danger, the perilous times in which we live. They're ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Then there is a mention of two men that, uh, two people that resisted Moses. They withstood Moses. And also, the people today resist the truth. They're men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Resist the truth. That's sad, isn't it? That's sad that you got people that you can tell them the truth and they resist it. It'd be like me telling you if there was a fire about this high, that's usually what burns up Brother Dwayne fire about this high and your little five-year-old was coming up here and walking toward the fire and, and I said uh, parent get your child because they're going to get burnt and you said they won't get burnt it won't hurt them they're just learning well yeah they'll learn how to go to the ER third degree burns but they resist the truth. Isn't it amazing that people still resist truth in a world that we're ever learning? You can say that, you know, uh, that, I don't know, we, we could go into space travel and all sorts of other stuff, and there's still people that resist and say nobody landed on the moon. And, and people still believe the earth is flat. And you say, ah, that's crazy. Everybody knows the earth's round. How do you know it's round? <laughs> Christopher Columbus found out. But, you know, 
How do you know it's round? Well, now we've seen it from space. We've looked back. It's round. It's not flat. And somebody probably says, well, that's just what you think. I'm just looking at the flat side. If you go around the other side, it's ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They have corrupt minds. They uh, are reprobate concerning the faith. They, they don't want to know faith. They don't want to know what it takes to be saved. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. All of this is going to be revealed. That's why this word's so important. That we come on Wednesday night and we get the meat of the word. This is meat Wednesday. It's not just, you know, revival and we're going to clap and shout and go home. This is meat. This is what we dig into. And we find that we're not going to be deceived by those that are lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy, right down the list, right? You start seeing somebody like that, stay away from them. You don't need to be influenced by them. I'm going to tell you, some of your friends ain't your friends. And if you hang out with the wrong people, pretty soon you're going to start doubting the preacher. Next thing you know, Brother Richard's just Brother Richard. He don't know what he's talking about. He's just Brother Richard. That's just what he thinks. If you're not careful, your friends are going to get you thinking, you know what, it don't really matter where you go to church at. As long as you go. If you ain't careful, there's going to be people says, you don't have to be baptized. Just on your deathbed, call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. Well, then you're going to have to call Jesus a liar. Because Jesus said you got to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Amen. So I, I don't know what people's resistant about because the truth is the truth the truth will be truth today it'll be truth tomorrow it'll be truth next week but thou hast fully known my doctrine manner of life purpose faith long-suffering charity patience persecutions afflictions which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium at Lystra what persecutions I endured but out of them all I'm glad the Lord is my deliverer Amen. I can talk about being delivered from sin, but I like to talk about when he delivers me from harm and when he delivers me from destruction and when maybe there's a car getting ready and, and me and my wife was coming to church tonight and, and there was a car just thought he had to have at least half of my side of the road. And, and you know, uh, the Lord just protects us and leads us out of it all. And, and I begin to say he's my deliverer. He delivers me when I'm in trouble. He delivers me out of the snare of the devil. He delivers me. Oh, some Somebody shout, he's my deliverer. He's my deliverer. He's my deliverer. He's delivered me many times. I, I, I can't name the times in the coal mines. He delivered me. Brother Tommy, when, when you got folded up in that scoop and it would have taken somebody else out, even though you got so hurt and broken up, the Lord delivered you. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. 
I can go around this room and I can talk to people that, that have been in trouble and had things that happened to them and it looked like that they was Brother Larry I think about you and your dad in that car accident right there in front of the drugstore in that area and, and the Lord delivered you I, I look and I can see Lakin and Rachel. I was there. I was there. I held them in the palm of my hand. Little leg laying over here and little leg laying over there and little arm just out like this right here. Holding them in my hand. The Lord delivered you. The Lord delivered you. I think about the car accident that uh, Rachel, you just had not too long ago. The Lord delivered you. The Lord delivered you. Brother Jim, there's times that the, the accident, the, the, when that van hit and landed on its side and pushed you around to another place, the Lord delivered you. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. The hold the devil had on me, well, he ain't got no more. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. Delivered by the hand of the Lord. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. The hold the devil had on me, well, he ain't got no more. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. Delivered by the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, Jesus, for the many times. I can still go around this room and I can see people that's been delivered, people that were kept from things and, and things should have taken them out and things should have destroyed them and, and devastation happened and, and people could have lost their mind, but they've been delivered. People could have had a nervous breakdown, but they've been delivered. I don't know about you, but that makes me happy to know he's still my deliverer. He'll deliver me out of it all. Woo. Just look at somebody saying, ain't no sickness. Ain't no trouble. Ain't nothing. The Lord's going to deliver me out of it all. Amen. Amen. I believe that as we have come tonight, we've got to keep the fire burning. The only way you can keep a fire burning is keep piling some wood on it and keep fanning the flame. Some of us ought to say, preacher, keep on preaching because we need to know how to live right, spit right, talk right. We need to know how to walk and talk and do the things God's called. Keep fanning the flame. Just keep fanning the flame. Just keep telling people, help us to fan the flame so that truth will prevail. So that we can remind that we have got to keep fanning the flame. I want you to know what 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6 says. And, and this, is an, this is another version. I remind you. 
to fan into the flame, fan into flame the gift of God. Stir it up. Make sure it's still real. Make sure you still feel the Holy Ghost. Make sure on a Wednesday you ain't just come to go through the motions. You want to feel the power of God. You want to feel that anointing flowing through your life. Somebody give a praise unto our God. Ah, I remind you, this is 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 6. It says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Another version says, You got to fan into flame the gift of God. You've got to make sure that you are stirring it up, that you're not not letting the flame die. Oh, preachers, it ain't popular in our day, but keep stirring it up. Keep stirring and fanning the flame. When you had a campfire and it began to get down to nothing but embers, you would stir it up and the flame would come back up. There's things that most of us know about coal furnaces. When you had the ashes red hot, you could shake it a little bit. You could poke it and stir a little bit and the flames would come back up. You know what we need in our day is preachers, saints of God who's going to keep stirring it up. Who's going to keep stirring it up saying I refuse to let the flame go out. I refuse to let the flame go out. Sister Mary Bentley, a precious sister, I went out in, I tell you how much I loved her. I went out in the desert of, of Arizona to get her a spoon. I braved wolves. I braved tumbleweeds. I braved cactus. It was all in a limo, stretch limo, but I braved it. I braved it. And uh, I brought her back a spoon. And... Uh, she would sing a song, though, the flame has flickered, but it's never gone out. Hallelujah. She had a, a lot of songs like, my God is a great big God. Yes, he is. Oh, my God is a great big God. Yes, he is. My God is a great big God. Yes, he is. My God is a good God. Yes, he is. He's a great God, isn't he? I, I, I think of all those older saints. Many times it was the song that gave praise unto the Lord that got them through their night and through their trouble and through their problems. And I believe that the Lord's going to deliver us out of everything we face. I don't believe that we have to worry. You just keep fanning the flame. You just keep stirring up the hot ashes. You let the flame rise back up. If you haven't felt God in a while, you need to be at the 
this altar and start stirring up the flame. If you haven't felt God like you once did, you need to come to an altar and stir up the ashes of your ruins and disappointments and things that has you bound and you need to say let the fire rise up. Let the fire burn bright. The Lord's going to bring me out. He's going to bring me through. He's going to help me out of this. You may find yourself at the Red Sea but the Lord says you just keep on looking. You just raise your staff over this Red Sea and the Bible says the wind began to blow and all of a sudden the waters began to churn back and it congealed which means it was like jello on the right side and on the left side and they looked they was no mud they was nothing to slip in they was nothing to hinder them they went across on dry ground the Lord delivered them out of it all I believe he delivers us hallelujah Paul sat chained in a Roman dungeon most of the writings of Paul wasn't from the confines of his house it wasn't when he was with the church folk it wasn't when the choir was singing in fact a lot of his writings was when he's all by himself in prison You know, it's hard for me to understand how people can get discouraged when they ain't in prison. Now, I've went and preached at prisons. It's a discouraging place. But you know what transformed that, Brother Larry, when we'd walk in? Wasn't us. But all of a sudden, they'd look, and, and one of the inmates would get up, and he'd say, I love you, but Jesus loves you more. And then the band, they had, they had a band. They had a choir. Oh, Jesus, got a blessing with your name on it. Your name on it. Man, I'd get right in there with them. I was the whitest man in the room. I got tickled one time. You know how. Uh, when you shake hands and sometimes you want to be cool and you, and you do, you know, all the... I started doing that because I thought, oh, I'm going to show him I know how to do this. I was doing that. He, he, just, <laughs> he just went like this right here. Never mind. Never mind. Come on, man. <laughs> but they love Jesus in prison. And here we are in the house of God. None of us in prison. Oh, none of us are bound in chains. None of us have been beaten. None of us have had nothing but maybe some little disappointment in life. But if we can get the same mentality that Paul had and say the Lord is going to deliver me out of it all. There's nothing going to cause me to walk away. What shall separate me from the love of God? Nothing. Look at somebody and say nothing. I made up my mind. Nothing high nothing low nothing in this world nothing present nor things to come nothing is going to separate me from the love of Christ if you really want revival fire 
Paul approached Timothy and he began to tell him, you have got to fan into flame the gift of God. You've got to get it start burning. If we want revival, we've got to get it started. Let's get it started. Paul sat chained in a Roman dungeon awaiting execution. And yet he wrote a final letter to encourage Timothy. He knows he's, he's leaving this world, but he keeps running the race in spite of the difficulties, in spite of the opposition, in spite of all that he looks around and sees nothing but dungeon. I want you to know you may be looking around tonight and you don't see nothing but problems and dungeons all around you, but the Lord wants to do something mighty in your life right now. He wants to take you and let you give somebody something great about his presence Tell your story to somebody. Give a word to somebody. The greatest witness you got is to tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. Paul said this, 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy 1 and verse 4, and I'm going to close with this. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, I may be filled with joy. Sometimes it takes the tears to remind us of the joy. You'll never understand the sunshine if you don't have some clouds. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. He just began to say, I'm recalling your tears. I I long to see you. When's the last time you really longed to see your brothers and sisters in the church? You're sitting at home, you say, oh man, I really hope they're there. I really hope they're there. I want to see them. I told my brother when I was talking to him today before I hung up, I said, I want to see you. I want to lay my eyes on you. I want to look at you. See if we could have that love for each other. If we could have that love, Brother Larry, that just says, I hope, I hope when we get to church tonight that those that's been sick are there. I hope, I hope. I I told Sister Gracie I sure was glad that she's back in the house of the Lord because she'd been sick and under the weather. And, 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 you know, Brother Dwayne, when when you go and have to spend time with your family, I I, I long to see you back in the house of the Lord. It just does something to my spirit when I begin to think about the tears and, and the prayers and the things that you all go through. Paul said, Timothy, I remember your tears. I remember your tears. Because see, it's not all about the happy times. Sometimes it's about the times that you're broken and you feel overwhelmed and tears are flowing and somebody just comes up to you and says, everything's going to be all right. Jesus is going to take care of it for you. Hallelujah. We're going to ask the singers and musicians to come.